Get ready to enter the Thrive Time Show. Teaching you the systems to get what we got. Clinton Dixon's on the hooks. I break down the books. Z's bringing some wisdom and the good looks. As the father of five, that's why I'm alive. So if you see my wife and kids, please tell them hi. It's the C and Z up on your radio. And now three, two, one, here we go. We started from the bottom, now we Welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. On today's podcast, we're interviewing Jim Stovall, the New York Times bestselling author who has shared the stage with Tony Robbins, General Colin Powell, and Zig Ziglar. He's written a book with Steve Forbes, but uh, most notably, the man became a multimillionaire after becoming blind. Again, after becoming blind, he became a best-selling author, a, 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 an entrepreneur who started a very successful company. And it is my honor to interview my friend and a source of wisdom for millions, Mr. Jim Stovall. But I think a lot of people do get hung up on the phrase meditation. Why, Jim, do so many people get hung up on the phrase meditation? I don't know. It's in your Bible. I mean, God would lead us in the the meditations of our heart and and the the things it talks about. And you know, I one of the great uh, I read about a 16th century pope, and he he wrote about before he was pope, he was meditating and praying four hours a day. But when he became pope, his duties were so pressing, and he had so many commitments, he had to move his meditation from four hours a day to six. Wow. And like most great truth in life, that seems counterintuitive. But the reality is, if you want to get more done, prepare your spirit and your mind first, and your body and your schedule and all those things will take care of themselves. So, or Paul, for our Christian friends, of which I am one, like you, yeah. seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things will be added unto you. And what this tells me is that I can worry about that one thing I meditate on and what God wants me to do with my life, or I can worry about every other detail in the whole universe, and I don't have the mentality to do that. So I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and you know, and that's not something you did once. It said, seek ye first. And uh, so I do that every morning. Where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to You know, God make me an instrument and a light today. Somebody out there needs me. And whether, whether you, th- you think of your life as a ministry or you think of yourself as a capitalist or you think of yourself as an entrepreneur, it's all about you know, somewhere out there, there's somebody that needs me today. And I want to have an open mind and an open heart and a willing spirit to go make the difference for them. You know, Paul Hood is a guy where, with Hood CPAs where he's helped a lot of people that need somebody to help them just financially prepare their taxes. I mean, just at a mm-hmm. basic level, help me prepare my taxes. Uh, there's people out there that, that need Paul to just sit down and show them how a profit and loss statement works, to have his team show people how a, a profit and loss statement looks, how, how a balance sheet works. Um, but, but Paul, you're, you're called to help thousands of clients, and I, I'm sure as we're interviewing Jim Stovall, a man, for any of the listeners listener just now tuning in, Jim Stovall is a man who became successful after having gone blind. 
I'm sure there's thousands of questions you could probably ask uh, Jim Stovall at this point here, Paul, but what's a question that you have for Jim that's kind of festering or kind of stirring up in your mind where you go, gosh, I, I want to ask Jim this. Well, Jim, uh, thank you again for taking my question. Um, so I, I find in my role in business and life in general that, that I do believe I'm called to help guide people from, from a state of mediocrity in a country that was built on free enterprise and, and we're so blessed to be born here. But what I find a lot is there's so many people that there's an excuse why they can't do this or there's an excuse why they're not successful. And sometimes I have to catch myself to where I care about their future more than they do. And I struggle with when do I cut that person loose? You know, I can say over and over and over an excuse is just an excuse. That's that's you know, you can't it's it's for instance, I had an employee that, that was supposed to be there at eight thirty this morning and they were they were called me and said, Hey, I'm gonna be a little bit late, about nine. We have a team meeting every eight at eight thirty and he said, I was up till four o'clock uh, and wasn't feeling good and so that's why I'm late. And, mm. I, you know, I'm saying, you know, that's an excuse. You know, if I had a million-dollar check sitting there waiting for you at 830, it wouldn't have mattered how much sleep you got. You would have been there. So how do you know, from my client standpoint, staff standpoint, when you know you want it more than them, to, to move on to the next person? Well, Paul, I think accountants and lawyers are two of the most important allies we have in business. And I am thankful for people like you do that do what you do because, brother, I don't want to do it. Hmm. And we have in-house people that do accounting. And then uh, once a year, uh, a senior partner with the accounting firm I use, they come into my office. He has his own space down the hall. He works and comes into my office and has a report. And I told him, I don't want your forms. I don't want your... there's about five or six numbers I want from you. I want to know those numbers in relationship to month over month, week over week, and where were we last year at this time? That's all I want to know. The rest of it, just make sure the IRS, I don't ever want to see the IRS, and those are the things I do. But, Paul, you are a very talented guy. You only have so many hours and so many days you can work. And if, if you are putting your effort forth for someone who's not going to take advantage of it, you need to ask, how can I help the most people in the biggest way? And uh, those are the people aren't, you aren't helping. And like you said, there, there are excuses. I always, I always tell um, my audiences in the arena events, I always tell them, guys, you know, I'm going to give you right now, don't, don't, don't ever blame anybody else for where you are. I'm going to give you the one and only excuse you'll ever need in your, in your life. It's called the Jim Stovall one-size-fits-all, 100% money-back guaranteed excuse for all situations. So the next time your life, your family, your business, your finances, any area of your existence isn't going the way you want it to, don't blame somebody else. You just whip out the Jim Stovall one-size-fits-all, 100% money-back guaranteed excuse for all situations, and it works exactly like this, Paul. You find the nearest mirror. You look directly into that mirror. You think about those things you want to be, do, and have, and that calling on your life and the difference you want to make. You look right in there, and you say the magic words. You say, I guess I really didn't want it that bad, Mm. because that is the one and only excuse that matters. And nothing else really matters. Either you wanted it or you didn't. Because I don't believe the God that made heaven and earth and everything will ever do and know and have would ever call anybody to anything and not give them the provision they needed to get from where they are to where they're supposed to so be. From a, a, I never saw that in the scriptures, and I don't see that in reality. So from a uh, a maybe a 
anti-motivational speaker. I mean, you're not you're not a motivational speaker, Jim. You're an entrepreneur, but some people put you in that category of you know you're a motivational speaker. I think your speeches have provided motivation, but that's not. I think people want to just quickly go, oh, Jim Stovall, he's the motivational speaker guy, right? No, you're an entrepreneur who happens to yeah. motivate people with the spoken word from time to time, but you also manage employees, and so this is what yeah. I see. If you interview a hundred people and you say. What do you want to do? What do you want to be? They always say, I want to help people, and I want to be successful. You hear people say, it, it, it's almost an anti-American statement to say, well, I want to be perpetually late and not to help anybody at all. But that's what yeah. most, so most, most people will give you the verbal okay of this is what I want to do. Now, in Paul's case, where he's managing a team of people, in this case an employee, who cannot get to work on time, uh, in the Bible, it says, hey, Adam, if you eat from this tree, uh, we're going to kick you out of here. You know, Adam ate from the tree, they kick him out of here. How do you balance that? Because as you manage a team of employees over the, year, you, over the, over the years, you've had, you had to have run into dozens of employees or hundreds of employees that say with their mouth, Jim, I'm going to be there on time. I am going yeah. to help the narrative network grow. I believe in you. you. I, I love your speeches. I love your books. I love the Millionaire Map. I love that book. But yet, their actions don't show that they actually do care. How do you, in that moment, if somebody who worked for you showed up late today for a very important team meeting, what words would you say to that person, or, or when would you cut ties? Well, first of all, you know, hiring people is the most difficult thing we do as entrepreneurs because right. a job interview is like a blind date. That's the worst example <laughs> of this person you're ever going to get. And when people tell me, I'm dedicated, I'm motivated, I want to change the world, and I want to help people, I'll say, give, give me uh, several examples of when you've done that in the past. And it gets really quiet. Uh, well, I know that's what they think they're supposed to tell me, but I, you know, I, I, I started being successful as an employer when I quit listening to what people say, and I start observing what they do. But, you know, my company here is, um, I own the majority of it, and everybody here gets to participate in the success of it. And one of my original partners was a single mom, and she was diagnosed with terminal cancer, and she passed away and made me guardian of her then teenage daughter. And Clay, what I didn't know about a teenage daughter at that time would really impress you. But uh, right. she, this teenage girl, became a part owner of, of our company through a trust. And that one thing helped me so much because there's a guy who used to work downstairs in our studio. And no matter what I said, he could not get to work on time. And I said, look, our production, our TV production downstairs is like an assembly line. I mean, there's people down there. They can't do their job until you do yours. Well, I'm a single dad, and I have a special needs kid, he would always say. And I said, okay, you tell me when you can be here. We'll work around your schedule. You tell me. Well, he's at 930. Well, the next day, he, he rolls in about 951. And I went down to see him, and I said, look, everybody's got a place in life and a, a spot they're supposed to be, and yours ain't here. And I said, let me tell you why. If it was just me... It wouldn't matter so bad. But see, every time you're late, you're stealing money. You reach over there and grab a 50 or or $100 bill out of my pocket. And if it was just me in my pocket, I wouldn't worry about it. But I have a partner, and she's a young lady who her dad died in a car wreck, her mom died of cancer, and everything she's got in this world belongs to this company. And I will be darned if I'm going to stand here and watch you steal from her. Mm. Can't do it. Won't do it. That's Today good. was your last day. 
and I hope you'll find somewhere else. And, uh, and he had to move on. And, you know, I think when you can take yourself out of the equation, when people are late, hey, I'm not trying to be a bad guy. I'm not trying to right. crack the whip. I'm not trying to do anything. It's just we're all on a team here. And if these people around this table who got here at 830 for the meeting, if they're ever going to be successful, it's because of an entire team effort. And uh, that happens when you get here. And if it was just me, maybe I'd let you get away with it, but I'm not going to stand here and watch you steal from them. Hey, Jim, Won't do d- it. don't you agree, too, that it's really, um, if we love that person, whether you love them in Christ or whatever, we're enabling them if we don't hold them accountable. We're, we're enabling them to not be successful in life, whether it's uh, with, with uh, our companies or with the next company they move on, by allowing them to do subpar work, by allowing them not to be held accountable for right. when they're supposed to show up. So it's really... Um, it's really, you know, selfish on our part. We're not putting their interests first. We're actually putting their interests first by firing them. Oh, you, you, you know that, Paul, because one of the most dangerous things they can do in business, whether they work for you or they leave and go somewhere else, they've got to be professional, they've got to be punctual, and their words got to be good. And if you help them learn that, you've done a great thing. It's like if you had a little kid, he's four years old, and he wants to play in the street, and you say, don't play in the street. Well, if he persists, you're not going to let him do that. You're going to do whatever you got to do to stop him because that behavior is going to kill him. Well, professionally, being late is, and um, you know, and and you know, I, the the guy should go around the table and just tell everybody, you know, uh, when he's late, say, don't don't come up with an excuse. Just tell everybody the truth. I don't care about you that much, and my time's <laughs> more important than yours. Uh, That's well, what I do. Now, Jim, uh, I appreciate you having uh, having you on today's sh- the show, and I'd love to have you on a future show, but I know I want to respect your time. And so, again, for anybody just now tuning in, we're interviewing Jim Stovall here, uh, International Humanitarian of the Year Award, an award, by the way, that has been shared with uh, Jimmy Carter, Nancy Reagan, Mother Teresa. Uh, what? Mother Teresa? What? Nancy Reagan, who? Jimmy Carter, I think I've heard of that. President Jimmy Carter. So you've had massive success, best-selling author, life. You've had your books turned into movies. Uh, All the listeners want to know, what is the project you're working on right now, and what's the one action step? What's the one website or the one book or the one thing you would direct all of our listeners to check out as soon as possible we're we're a captive audience my friend what's the new project you're working on and what's the thing you want us all to check out as members of the thrive nation well i have a new book out this week called the art of optimism and it's um, available everywhere people buy books i have another book that'll be out the end of the year called the art of influence and i'm really proud of it and i just finished a movie that's come out uh, and it's the documentary called Think and Grow Rich. And if you don't get anything else out of what I said today or anything else out of anything, um, pick up a copy of the Think and Grow Rich movie and read the book Think and Grow Rich. And it is the basis for my work and everyone else. Everyone else that is succeeding in uh, giving advice in providing motivation, inspiration, success principles, it all began there with Hills Think and Grow Rich. There's never been a reservoir like that in the world. And I love reading other people. I read a book every day. But every once in a while, I go back to the well. I go to the, to the source, and I read Napoleon Hill. because uh, and, and it's not Hill. I mean, Hill was a normal guy. 
but because of Carnegie, Hill got to spend time with the Henry Fords and the Thomas Edisons and the Alexander Grant Bells and 500 of the most successful people of the day. And he put into that book not what they said, what they did. And, you know, you said I'm not a motivational speaker. I appreciate that because I always tell promoters from these events and people who hire me and pay me ridiculous amounts of money to spend an hour doing something I love. I always tell them I'm not your normal speaker. I'm not a guy that wrote a book or read a book 20 years ago and runs around uh, spouting theories. Tomorrow I will be back at my desk doing what I'm telling your people today. Right. And if I could leave your audience with anything, you know, it would be the biggest dream you ever had in your life is alive and well. That that thing that scares you to death, you haven't thought about it in 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 years. And whenever you think about it, your mind comes up with excuses. Yeah, I always wanted to be that or do that or have that or change the world in that way. But now I've got this job and I don't know how to do it. I don't know where to do it. I don't know who to do it with. I don't know how to get the money. I don't know anything about it. And your mind comes up with those excuses because your mind is the greatest creation ever invented in the universe. And so when you have that dream that pops up, you come up with excuses because you haven't committed to the dream. So whether you realize it or not, you've told your mind, whenever that thought comes from the subconscious into my conscious, come up with an excuse so I'll feel good. And that's what happens. But if you'll sit right where you are right now, at home, in your car, whatever, think of that big dream that scares you to death, and you still don't know how to do it, when to do it, where to do it, who to do it with, or where to get the money, but say, yes, I'm going to do that. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Jim, uh, And your whole world will change right now. 20 years from now, you'll remember this moment. You won't remember me or Clay or Paul Hood or anything we said, but you'll remember that's the day I said yes to the big dream. Because at that moment, you have changed the instruction to your mind, the most powerful force we've ever been given. And what you've told it is, okay, from now on, when I think of that, don't come up with excuses. Find me a way. Find me a way. And I promise you, it's as easy to find a way as it is to find an excuse. And you start by doing something today. If you have a big dream, a goal, a calling in your life, you're supposed to do something every day. It wasn't put there so you can sit on it. You're supposed to do something every day, and you can't wait for all the lights to be green before you leave the house. You start by reading Think and Grow Rich, and then you start thinking about who has been where I want to go. And you get in touch with them, and you start building your dream team, and you start following the leaders, and sooner or later you will be there. And any time this doesn't work, I have 10 million books in print, 2 million people a week read my column. Many more than that have seen my movies, and in every one of my books and columns, and everybody who hears me speak, they leave with my phone number. And I, I'll tell them the same thing I want to tell your listeners, Clay. Anytime you don't think this works, anytime you think you're different, anytime you think your dreams aren't coming together, anytime you're broke or scared or afraid, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you dial 918-627-1000. I have real people that answer the phone round the clock, and they know there's one kind of call I'll always return. You call up and say, Jim told me I could call on him when I had a problem and I need to talk to him, and I will call you back every time. And if you don't think so, you pick up the phone and call, because I want you to know the darkest it ever seems, the farthest away it ever appears, the most difficult it ever feels. I want you to know you got one guy who believes in you and believes in your dream, and if you don't think so, you dial 918-627-1000. Jim, uh, kind of a weird way to end the show, but I'm going to just share this with the listeners. Each day I set my alarm for around 3 in the morning, depending upon what day, but it's pretty much 3 in the morning. 
And first thing I think about is, oh my gosh, it is so early. And then I think about your face because you're blind. You're a best-selling author. You're one of the top speakers on the planet. You have decided to kick the excuses out of the way each and every day. And that, that is, I mean, literally, I wake up every day at 3, and I think of Jim Stovall by about 3.06 or 3.07 on a daily basis. I think to myself, oh, frick, it's 3 in the morning. I got to get up. I don't want to get up. I went to bed at 9, 6 hours ago. I went to bed. Now I'm awake. What would Jim Stovall do? And I ask myself that question a lot. And I would also want to throw in a little caveat. Uh, I've read... I've read your books, but The Millionaire Map is my favorite book that you've read as an entrepreneur. So if you're out there and you're going, well, Jim's read a lot of books, and Jim, you've, read, you've written a lot of great books, but I would say The Millionaire Map is the one that, to me, I, I highlighted that so much. There's so many good nuggets. All your books are great, but The Millionaire Map is my favorite Jim Stovall book. And Jim, we like to end every show with a boom, so we're going to do a little three, two, one, and then a boom. So without any further ado, again, Jim Stovall, thank you for being on today's show. Three, two, two one. Boom! Boom.